1: Time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the opening drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker and it is Wednesday, and that means it's time for Wednesdays with Wayno. Cardinal right-hander Adam Wainwright joins us here on opening the opening drive every Wednesday. Good morning, sir. How are you doing?
0: doing all right how's
1: everybody doing there we're doing good good. two hours away from game time i gotta start with this adam and i don't know if you're aware of this i assume that you are but at pnc park in pittsburgh you had a career 370 batting average 400 on base 457 slug 857 ops for your career at pnc ballpark were you aware of the I, i know you knew you were prolific at pnc did you know that you were that good as a hitter there
0: well, I'm glad you brought that up, Randy. I wanted to talk about that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, let me tell you, I mean, for a while there the Pirates had and I might be breathing heavy, sorry, I'm on my on my day after pitching old man walk. Um, oh, good. the Pirates had like the first round the first pick in the draft every year for a few years there while I was when that was first coming up and and seemingly they took a, a left-handed pitcher every year that threw like 90 to 91 with a little sink and a little cut and a little baby curveball. It's like they, they're they like, one of these guys is going to be great. And if there's one thing I like facing in my life, it's a little – it's a lefty throwing about 90, 91 with a little sink and a little cut and a little curveball. <laughs> so they had a whole so – one year they had five of them. <laughs> Same thing, man, over and over and over again. And so, um, you know, it was kind of like it, it, early in my career, too. I didn't pitch well there, but we always won anyways because they, you know, Albert Pujols was coming in and <laughs> two home runs a game against those little guys. So, uh, but there was some good competitors, too. But, yeah, I liked facing those little lefties throwing 90-91, you know, outer half, down, and then just, you know, yeah. Oof. Yeah, you, that was fun. You needed that bat today, man. It's coming. It's coming.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: good. I need to, I need to, I need to win a, a game or two, and then, and then we'll get serious on our batting practice after that. I like it.
1: <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. Do you have plans on batting at some point this year? I know when we talked this time last year, you were talking about how you were disappointed that uh, pitchers no longer got the hit, and you really enjoyed it. So do, have you talked to Ollie, and are you planning on batting?
0: Yes and yes.
1: Damn, there you go. Wow. <laughs> we don't yes
0: get to
1: know. Yet. I'm, I'm going to assume there's going to be the home stand, the last one. I'm just going to go out on a limb. It's a big limb. I'm a I'm a we're, big guy.
0: We're going to see what we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> Who knows these things? Who knows these things, Terry? But I'll tell you what. It won't be for a lack of asking, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Waino, I did want to talk to you about last night. Things are really going your way in those first three innings, and then it kind of went the other way in the fifth inning. With the way that things have really gone this season, does it feel like everything just has to go perfectly, and how do you handle the pressure of that? Well, I had a one-hitter going into the fifth inning, you know, and uh... – two different things happen in the in the fifth inning i have a zero there i mean it's you know i, I just can't make excuses though you know that's just not how competitors do so um, i mean i would love to have had a, a perfect strike called a strike and we would have had a zero there i would have loved to have had a one or two of those ground balls um, go go at somebody or something but you know what you just can't do that i mean that's every that's that's pitching that's baseball and that's the way it goes sometimes but the thing that's really frustrating again is, uh, I gave up a bunch of two out runs again. And, and, uh, and that just means you're one pitch away from making it happen and didn't make it happen. So that's what I'm, that's what I keep getting stuck with. And, uh, you know, it's, I'll tell you, man, it's been one thing after another all year long. And, and that's for the whole team. So we just got to keep, <laughs> we just got to keep grinding and keep going after it and keep expecting good things to happen. And hopefully eventually good things will happen.
1: When you see uh, Wilson get frustrated like that, I- I'm sure that his at bat was frustrating enough. But as you said, some of those pitches that you were throwing should have been strikes as well. Do you do, do you get excited when you see one of your guys kind of having your back like that?
0: Well, I mean, you know, he he was he was calling a, a nice zone, and then all of a sudden, in the biggest moment, he got really tight, mm-hmm. and uh, he started he stopped calling corners, he stopped calling down, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, when we come up, he's calling, you know eight, ten inches down below the zone and you're going, wait, wait, wait now, wait a second. <laughs> so and and I, and here's the thing though. Umpiring is just really hard. It it is. I mean, I umpired in little leagues for two seasons, and I tell you, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And that it's a lot harder when you got big league pitchers throwing good stuff that moves right at the last second. You know, it's you gotta be on your game. It's really tough. So I I don't for one second think it's easy. I also don't for one second want robot umpires Mm. Uh, i think that would be terrible i think it'd be so bad for the game for a couple reasons so one the human element of the game is one of the most beautiful things of the game you know i i actually miss some of the arguments and stuff that we have with when when now everything's just like well we'll review it you know i mean you know i kind of miss uh uh an aaron boone uh going out there and and and, and pointing around and gesturing and all that because you know baseball arguments are different if you see somebody arguing in the parking lot they're not pointing to the mountains and to the clouds and to the stars and they're not you know their body language is not doing what what a manager does but a manager's got to show everyone in the in the stadium exactly what he's thinking. Because they can't hear them, they got to show them with their movements. So it's entertaining. Um, two, if you had robot umpires, there's no more art to receiving a ball well, or or making a pitch look good on that outside corner or just off the corner. You know, there's no there's no more art to that. So pitchers can just heave it in there, not not caring where it goes. And the box will tell if a strike. And a catcher doesn't have to frame it well; he can just throw it up there, and you know, wherever, whatever happens, happens. And and I just think that would the, the, the art, the artistry of, of pitching and catching would be gone. And I think that would be terrible.
1: Well, you know, ninety five percent of the umpires are good. I, I do think there is a group that needs to have a robot umpire because. You can have, And last night, you had a good home plate umpire. I mean, he's, he's a good umpire, but w- that inconsistency is what drives me crazy, and that would be the one advantage to me of having the automatic strike zone. Actually, there's two. Number one, consistency, and number two, the strike zone called the way it is in the book, where it's at, at the middle of the chest, so that you, it forces people to swing the bat. Because to me, one of the things that happened in baseball, and it happened during your career, is rather than go up and swing the bat, guys came up to the plate wanting to take a walk.
0: Yeah, we got Matt Carpenter to blame for that, don't we? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> analytics. Well, you know what, though? Been if you got that. an umpire who needs to have a robot umpire calling his strikes and balls, he shouldn't be calling balls and strikes. Agreed. That's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, there's plenty of guys who are really great. I'm sitting up. Let me tell you something right now. I'm sitting up here at the highest seat at PNC Park, looking down on this incredible stadium over this great city. Those cool bridges in the background, the like many bridges back there, and i don't t- I don't th- I don't say this lie I think this is the prettiest park in all of baseball right here. This is it wow uh,
1: and everybody that travels says that the two in the national league are San Francisco and Pittsburgh, but you've got Pittsburgh as number one is the most beautiful
0: yep, I do I, I just, just they just did such a great job. I actually think Cincinnati could uh if they if they redesigned their 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 outfield wall. I think they would have something similar to this because they're right on the river and it could look over the city. It would be really great, um, but they got that big old black, black like cardboard box looking boat thing in center that's blocking the the great view, and they need to they need to they need to do what Pittsburgh did because this is unbelievable.
1: Adam, I think I've heard you say whether in conversation or at public events how proud you are of pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals, and you said last night. Uh, what do I say to this fan base? And that is so unusual for an athlete to say that. I just want to thank you for that on behalf, because I, I'm a fan with access. I've, that's what I am. I, I'm, I never played. I, I don't have the knowledge that, that you have. But I look at it from an emotional standpoint, and that is an emotional thing for you, I know. What is it, or when was it, that you th- thought to yourself, you know what, I really care about this city and these people?
0: well I mean also i I think early on in in, uh, in my career, Chris carpenter taught me you know the the importance of of speaking to the media respectfully you know and and uh, and i and I took that to heart but then at some point in the, along the line, I realized that it's not just about the media there's 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 hundreds of thousands of people maybe more watching this on tv this this interview and and so when I'm speaking to the media, I'm actually speaking to them you know I'm speaking to those people at home who who watched all nine and are now are now wanting to watch more, and they want a little glimpse into the game from the from the guy who was on the mound, and I appreciate that. So um, the one thing I've always tried to do now, now this irks some people because some people are like, "Oh, stop! He's telling the same crap every time," you know, and I and I understand that, but but for the people who do care, um, I feel like it's my responsibility to stand up. And give honest answers for things. Um, tell them what I was thinking, what happened, what 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 didn't happen, what could have been different, or how I could have done things better. You know, and and and, and actually stand up and, and take that blame or credit, whatever it is. You know, it's good or bad. I think you have a, a, a responsibility to speak to the media, but not just the media, but to the to the people, and and they deserve. Because they're pouring their hearts out for you, you deserve to pour. You have to pour your heart out for them, and so, um, and and I've always tried to do that. You know, whether it's right or wrong, I I just felt that's the way I look at it. I feel like the fans deserve that and need that, and and uh, I just try to give. You know, what I give my best when I'm on the field, and then when it's over, I try to give my best when when we're doing the interview too. Well, Wayneo, speaking of your impact, we had so much fun this past weekend with your big league uh, impact event, getting ready for fantasy football, and if you don't mind, you shared this very touching story that I thought was great. It was great hearing that in person about a player named Mauricio Dubon and just how much big league impact has impacted his life and others. Yeah. So uh, I was pitching against the Astros uh, this season and, and, and uh, the Astros beat us and, and, um, you know, I was just getting done with my media interview and, and um, I get a, a text from our old clubhouse guy who's now the visiting clubhouse guy, Rip Rowan, who's a great friend of mine. And Rip says, hey, hey, Adam, uh, Dubon would like to come over and speak to you and have you sign a jersey. I know that the game just got over and y'all lost, but is that something that you would be okay with? I said, yeah, you know, I appreciate that. Thanks for wanting to tell him to come on over. And so he comes over and, uh, and this is just where the, the power of – Humanity just sometimes um, outweighs the power of baseball and, 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 and maybe just shows that we're all a big family in baseball, too. But um, Mauricio comes over and says, hands me a jersey and says, Would you please sign this for me? I, I, I just always respected and, and thought you were a great pitcher or whatever, but I have to tell you a story. I said, All right, what is it? He said, I'm from a little town in Honduras, right outside of Coyos Aldea, where you and your um, charity team came in and and gave us uh clean water. You you built a, a clean water project in the village there and I uh, just wanted you to know that, that that affected me like greatly growing up and you know allowed us to do a lot of things we wouldn't have been able to before and I just appreciate you coming to my country and doing that for us. And I you know immediately you go from being pretty down about about the game and and, and the way everything is, to are going, man, okay, what I'm doing here in baseball is, is great, but there's a lot more to it. You know, there's a lot more that's going on than just the game on the field. And and uh, it was a powerful moment for me to to know that what we're doing actually with Bigly Impact and some of the other things we're doing with Water Mission, it's actually making a difference and, and changing people's lives. And, you know, you know that. I, I feel like I knew that. But when you hear those validating stories, it, it backs it up even farther. And, and that little town, I got to tell you, it is two and a half hours from anywhere that is a city, anywhere that has anything. And it's just in the middle of nowhere. And this town was, was, is up on this way tall the, uh, hill, and it's just it's two miles. It's just over two miles down to this stream where they were getting water uh, in a bucket, and they would carry it back up this hill 2.2 miles to their house. And uh, in, in order to get it up there, it's not clean water. You know, it's, it's river water. But that's all they had, so they were cleaning with it, and drinking it, and cooking with it, and washing with it, and everything. So um, now there's a there's a clean water project at the very top of that that we implemented through uh, through Water Mission, which is an incredible organization, and uh, and 50 taps running from that water project all throughout the village, so that nobody has to go outside more than 50 feet from their from their doorstep to get clean water. You know, you go from 2.2 mile walk downhill and then back uphill with with a 40 pound bucket of river water to go in right outside your door to get clean water. That's a completely game. That's a complete game changer. Plus we installed, uh, latrines, uh, bathrooms for, for everybody in the, in the entire community that, and, and we got the partner. So if if one person wanted a latrine, the, their neighbor that wanted the next one had to help build theirs. And then that just got passed down to the whole community. So it's just a complete game changer in the community. But, um, You know, when Mauricio came over and told me that story, man, it just changed my whole outlook on everything right there. Just uh, grateful for the time I've had here, just for things like that. Just to be able to to have a platform to go into a little town in Honduras and help help change people's lives, man, that was a real uh, powerful moment for me.
1: Adam, I don't know if this was your decision, but I'm really glad that you and I are playing in different divisions this year. I think it's always terrible when the two best teams in a league can't play for the championship. So I'm glad that I'm in the Edmond League and you're in the Wainwright League so that in uh, in big league impact fantasy football in St. Louis, you and I can play for the title.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Man, you didn't even give me like a... Wow, that's great! That was a great story, Adam. You just went straight to fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, I know he was so focused, amped up. I, I was, I was crying. I was, so I was, good was, and bad, Randy. I appreciate your heart for fantasy. I, I
1: was crying. No, it is. It, what what you do that. is phenomenal. You know that, that we know that. And what, what a great story! And the, the you know, the impact <laughs> that he had on another major leaguer. It's oh, Mauricio Dubon. It's incredible. It was a
0: great story. Yeah, no, I'm ready for fantasy too, though, Randy. I'm ready for it, and I'm, <laughs> I'm you bad. know. I'll, I'll miss the free wins that I get playing y'all every year, but, but, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we can, you know, have a chance to square off in the finals. And plus the other day at our fantasy draft and, uh, in St. Louis at Bush Stadium the other day, uh, well, I can't say fantasy draft anymore. And our, our fantasy draft kickoff party, we raised over $100,000 the other day. So I want to say a big thank you to our, uh, to our supporters who showed up that day. We got seven leagues of 12 this year. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I want to say thank you to uh, Community America for being our big sponsor also. Fantastic.
1: Wayno, let's get a win today from uh, Zach Thompson, and then uh, continue the trip, and we'll see you when you guys get back home.
0: All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you. Have a great day. That's Adam Wainwright joining us Wednesdays with Wayno.